When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A story that we've been following, of course, is the hit and run killing of the beloved community activist. She was killed on Christmas Eve in that hit and run. And it was about at 88th Street around 3.30 p.m. Christmas Eve. And there's not any real information at this point as far as the why but hopefully kfi's own blake trolley who's joining me now will have more information to share first blake how are you sir i'm doing well and yeah mo you know what unfortunately there is still just not a whole lot of new information on this on this investigation and part of the reason is just the you know the lack of video footage right now police are really only describing the car that they're looking for as a blue mid-size sedan with damage to the front passenger side but as you say this was an absolutely horrific story trina newman townsend by all accounts mo i went into the community today spoke with people they say she was an absolute saint she was an activist former minister uh, again all very well known to the community she was a grandmother she was raising foster kids she was raising her own grandkids a real selfless kind of person and on christmas eve the day she was hit she was demonstrating that selflessness she was dropping off toys to a shelter and the details of her being hit as they come out those details are becoming horrific police say newman she had loaded her kids into her car she was walking to the driver's door so her kids four kids that she was raising uh were inside the car when she was hit her body was thrown into the air again this is in front of her kids she was pronounced dead on the scene and the community is just absolutely devastated this woman lives uh two houses from newman townsend it sounds like saturday was far mo far from the only time she was out giving away toys. She came to my house on Tuesday to get my twin granddaughters 
some Christmas gifts. So there you have it. She was giving away gifts before Christmas Eve. You know, there's people that treat holidays this way. You know, some of us look at how we can enjoy a holiday. Other people, like her, look at it as how can I make other people happy? Um, and, and, and those are really those selfless types of people. And uh, the woman I spoke to, she says she hopes they catch the driver. She says she's hoping police are able to make this happen. I pray to God they do. Because it's wrong. You know, even me, I stopped driving because of the way they drive. And I, I be walking across the street, and they'll turn right in front of me, you know. But my common sense tell me I'm an Orient supervisor. I always count to 10 before I even cross the street, you know. People, you're saying people around here drive pretty crazy. Yeah, they drive crazy. They race up and down these streets. You know, so you feel it's, you, you feel like you're in danger and you're just walking around here. Yeah, you I'm in danger for a, a pedestrian, you know, I, and she's the same age I am. She's 62 years old. Now, Mo, let's get be, you know, I, I wanted to go into some numbers behind what that woman just said. She said she stopped driving because of the way people drive in the area. Uh, fatal hit and run crashes. And these numbers are starting to look like they're going to be probably pretty close to the end of the year numbers uh, for LAPD. Fatal hit and run crashes. There's been 34 in the South Bureau. The next closest is the Valley with 16, then West with 14, then Central with 12. Grand total. Uh, fatal hit and runs in LA this year to date is uh, 76 and that's up from 70 from the year before if we look at just fatal crashes year to date in the South Bureau there have been 87 fatal crashes the Valley Bureau in the uh, San Fernando Valley they did have more they had 93 over there Central was at 55 and West was at 50 total year to date fatal crashes in LA 285 that's up from 269 citywide uh, the year before so fatals are up year to year and uh, you know you just have to wonder if this is going to become yet another issue people are going to be you know looking to the new administration to Karen Bass to be uh, to be fixing I know that area intimately I live maybe five minutes from it I often drive Broadway as it runs parallel to the 110 freeway I use that as an artery as an um, alternate route going up and down um, Los Angeles trying to get through downtown People do fly on that street uh, because it's an alternate artery. It is an, uh, uh, something that you can use instead of the freeway or instead of Figueroa, and people are usually flying out of control. My question would be, how many um, actual witnesses do we have to the incident, or did only people see it after the fact for the most part? Yeah, it sounds like it was pretty much after the fact. Again, they don't even have a make and model of the car. They're reviewing security footage. There's a couple of different angles, but overall, all police have been able to come up with at this point in time. And it could also be partially because of the speed. You know, the car was traveling really fast when it hit this woman and it kept moving. So nobody really got a good look at this car. The people who did see it, um, we did, you know, there were obvious, there were some witnesses. There were people who said they saw it. They wanted to run out and help right away. But I think one of the main issues here is that the car was moving fast it didn't stop so the only description police have right now is a blue mid-size sedan with with damage to that front passenger side so they're gonna have to uh, really narrow it down I'm, you know when these investigations happen usually they're looking for other uh, tape maybe the car slowed down a mile two miles down the road when the driver felt like they were in the clear 
And that's when police are usually able to get a better look. And I'm sure investigators right now are combing through that uh, through that evidence. That's what I have to hope for, because knowing Broadway at that particular portion of Broadway, it's not conducive to um, businesses having cameras trained on Broadway. It's more residential in many aspects. And I doubt that they're going to get any type of video from the scene itself, it would have to be further down Broadway, and that's my hope. But I know that Broadway can be very dangerous in that portion of 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 the avenue. And it and to the woman who was talking about how dangerous it was as a pedestrian, absolutely, no doubt about it. And it has nothing to do with crossing the street. It just has to do with just being in the street, be it getting in your car, be it uh, unloading something from your car. And so what happened to Ms. Newman, unfortunately, I would say is not all that unusual as far as the level of danger in that particular area or strip of, of the boulevard. So, Blake, I want to thank you for following up on this story, and hopefully you'll be able to give us some good news or some more enlightening news later on as the police continue their investigation. Yeah, thanks, Bo. And I should uh, put this out there. You know, LAPD does have it enacted that anytime there's a hit and run of this nature, a $50,000 reward's offered for information. So hopefully that will also help with the investigation. Blake, thank you for your reporting. Yeah, thank you. This is the John and Ken Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. There's this poem called Live Your Creed. And it starts off very simply, I would rather see a sermon than hear one. In other words, I look at your actions. Don't tell me about how to live. Why don't you just go ahead and live how you're supposed to live? And by example... I can emulate you. And also, I know you're sincere because what you do is who you are. And I think about how often we always say that, not me, but I'm saying it is said, that America is a Christian nation. For me, that means one thing. And I guess for other people, it means very different things. When you say to me that America is a Christian nation, it says to me that you're Bible-believing, you're Bible-following And you actually want to live your life more like Jesus, because that's what it means to be a Christian in the biblical sense, not the American political sense. You know, they're they're different. They're not the same. And I'm always rooting for people. I'm always wanting to see a sermon as opposed to hear one. And when I think about what was going on with people dying in the Northeast due to this bomb cyclone, this horrendous weather, this winter storm. Some 55 people at last count. I think Mark Ronner may have an updated total before the end of the show. But I know of at least 55 people who died because of this winter storm. And I think about the 55 people who died during this winter storm during Christmas. I root for people. I want people to be okay. Why? Because that's the Christian in me, and hopefully that comes out. And I have this inner battle. I have some humor, which probably doesn't work well with Christianity. But I'm self-aware. I know that. But I don't feel the need to put Christian on my social media profile. I would rather you see it in my actions. I'd rather you feel it when you're in my presence. I would rather you know it in how I carry myself. But I root for people all the time. The point of this is this. I was hurt to know that on Christmas Eve, whoever, 
I don't know if it was Texas Governor Greg Abbott. I don't know if it was a private um, super PAC organization who was hired. I don't know. Whoever was responsible for sending the busloads of migrants to first New, New York, because originally they were scheduled to go to New York, but then ended up in Washington, D.C., um, in limited clothing, no resources, no food, no shelter, no heat. On Christmas Eve, that bothered me tremendously because I'm quite sure the people who applauded that probably would also think of themselves as Christians. And biblically, you can't support it. Now, I know we disagree vehemently about immigration and immigration reform. I will sit here and tell you we need to do something at the southern border. I don't know exactly what that answer is, but we need to do something and something fast. And here's another uncomfortable truth. Neither party wants to get anything done. Barack Obama ran for president his first term, promised immigration reform, didn't do it. He chose to pursue health care reform. He promised immigration reform for his second term, didn't do it because he was too busy fighting to keep Obamacare. That's just a fact. We know that uh, Barack Obama had 60 votes during his first term when he was first elected. He had 58 Democrats and two two independents who were caucusing with the Democrats. He could have gotten immigration reform through if that was the uh, priority of the Democratic Party. We knew that Donald Trump had run on this wall idea which was more a mnemonic device, not an actual policy, and a wall is not immigration, but whatever. When Donald Trump got into office, he had the House and the Senate, maybe not as wide of a margin as Barack Obama, but he had both chambers of Congress at his disposal if he wanted to push through immigration reform. He didn't do it. He pushed the wall, but not immigration reform. So if you look at the history Neither party has been committed to immigration reform. The last immigration reform, and I put that in air quotes, that we had was 1986 with Ronald Reagan, and that was amnesty. We have not fundamentally corrected the system or adjusted it for the undocumented immigrants here in maybe 36 years, give or take a few. So you can blame whoever. I blame both, not to both sides it, but there's historical evidence to support that neither side of the aisle is serious about immigration reform. And now, and I think to a reasonable person, they can say it's out of control. It is out of control. But that's the immigration debate. What happened on Christmas Eve didn't have jack to do with the immigration debate. That was a stunt. That was a stunt at the expense of people. Not Americans, but people. And if we're going to talk about this being a Christian nation, which it is not, but if you're going to talk about it, then I need to see it. You got to actually live it. And if you allege that this is a Christian nation, then on a uh, government level, it should act accordingly. Again, I don't know if this was Texas Governor Greg Abbott or whether it was some sort of other private organization, either linked or not linked to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. I know that he does support these types of stunts. I know that no one was served by this. I know no one was helped by this. I know that no legislation is closer to being passed 
because of this. And it put people in harm's way. And like it or not, seeking asylum is still legal in America. Whether you believe that they have, the, the, the migrants have a legitimate claim or not, that is for the federal government to decide. So for all the discussion about we are a nation with laws and borders, correct. And to seek asylum, you have to approach the border. And by law, then they are taken through the process of whether they are granted asylum or not. Is it being overrun? And I put that in quotation marks. In other words, are there too many people at the border for states to handle, for even the federal government to handle? Absolutely. I completely concede that. It is an actual and absolute problem which needs to be addressed. It is a national security issue. It is a health emergency. You can't have that many people in one place and it not compromise the national security of the United States. I think that's inarguable. But at the same time, life is a lot of gray. It's not all of this. It's not all of that. It's not a function of whether illegal immigration is wrong. It is. That's why it's called illegal. But it is legal to approach the southern border and request asylum. But on this, the day after Christmas, I'm more thinking in a biblical context. I think about those who put Christian on their social media platform, Christian on their social media profile, and they slug it like, I'm pro-Second Amendment, I'm a Christian, and pro-free speech. But then I always wonder, are you Christian in a political sense? Are you virtue signaling to say, hey, I'm a Christian, as in I'm not a Muslim? Or are you about the tenets of Jesus Christ? If we can't talk about it the day after Christmas or during the Christmas holidays, when can we talk about it? If we can't actually probe and discuss whether policies or behavior are in alignment with the biblical teachings of Jesus Christ, if we can't do it now, if we can't do it here, if we can't do it under these circumstances as it relates to the safety and security of people, because Jesus Christ did not make any distinction between whether someone was American or not, whether someone was white or black or Latino, he didn't make any distinction on those levels. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay? And for all the people who want to recite the Bible and not even knowing the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, please read the book of Leviticus. You want to bring it up every single time when you want to talk about homosexuality is wrong. Read the Bible. Well, you know, in that same book of Leviticus, it talks about how you treat the stranger in your land. Not the undocumented migrant, the stranger, how you treat them. How you don't put them in harm's way. How you don't put them on a bus and not tell them where they're going and send them 1,500 miles to a place where they're not even ready for them, where they're not ready to house them or even give them food during the, one of the worst storms in a decade where 55 people have already died in their cars, on the street, in their homes. And you want to call this a Christian nation? I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. This is the John and Ken Show.
I'm Mo Kellyanne for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. For Mo Kelly and for John and Ken, through Thursday, feel free to hit me on social media, specifically on Twitter, at Mr. Mo Kelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. Send me your tweets. I'll read them out on the air. Let's have this more robust discussion. It's not just me. It includes you. And last week, when I was in for John and Ken and also Tim Conway Jr., I was making the point about how and why people should try to stay away from traveling during the holidays. Now, I understand that you want to see grandma, you want to see uh, your cousin, you want your kids to come home for school from school. I get all that. I understand the desire. I'm just talking about the logistics of it. I'm just talking about the reality of it. And having nothing to do with a bomb cyclone, every single year the travel is unbearable. And there's a distinct possibility that you won't get to where you want to go in the first place. I had a friend, uh, Twala, you know, Twala Sharp, who's one of the producers for today. You know our friend, I'll just say Pamela, I won't give her full name, and how she was planning to travel to see her elderly grandmother and was unable to because of all these travel delays and cancellations. And it's one of those things where my heart breaks for her because you never know when the last time you're going to get that opportunity to see someone, especially if they're advanced in age, and you would like to see them around the holidays, but traveling around the holidays only heightens the likelihood that your plans are either going to be delayed, canceled, or messed up in some other way. She wasn't able to get a flight out? Not at all. Wow. She texted me yesterday saying that she, uh, she was not. she was actually at the airport and looked at the board, and they canceled her flight. And they said no other flights would be available to that location for at least the next three days. And I know she was trying to get there for Christmas. Oh, man. And my heart breaks for her, but it's not like to make an example out of her, but it highlights how it's almost like, you know how you try to send a text on New Year's Eve? Yeah. Like like around midnight. If you want a person to actually read that text, don't send it (laughs) right at midnight. You better send it at 5 p.m. Right, right. 8 p.m. Right. Maybe even 3 in the morning. (laughs) But if you send it in around midnight, why? Because everyone is trying to do the exact same thing at the exact same time. You're increasing the likelihood that it won't get through. Hmm. That's the only real analogy that I can think of. And when I read today, just today, Southwest Airlines has canceled more than half of its flights. Didn't say delayed. Canceled. So there's not any real recourse in the near term. It's interesting that people from, say, California would not think that flights would be canceled trying to go to the East Coast where they're suffering just, again, one of the worst storms in decades. Well, to be fair, some people do plan well in advance. I know when I fly, I'm scheduling my flights at least 21 days in advance because I'm trying to get the best rate possible. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt that they did not wait until Last week, where they would know the weather at that point, that it would be this extreme, that they made 
their flight arrangements. But it is reasonable to ask the question, you didn't know that there's a good chance that we would have extreme weather on the East Coast late in December? Now, see, this is interesting because my co-parent is flying to Europe on Wednesday. She'll be celebrating New Year's Eve in Paris. Excuse the heck out of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she's <laughs> got to like that. She's, she's, she's excited. She's like, yes, New Year's in Paris. Wait, Why you're not? not paying alimony to pay for that, are you? <laughs> no. Okay, just want to be sure. No, that's not part of it. Um, but looking at this, I'm wondering now, I'm like, should she really be, you know, planning on this because connecting flights, cause it's not just a straight flight from Los Angeles to Paris. I believe you have to fly to New York and then connect and then go to Paris. It depends. It depends. If she's balling like that, maybe she gets a direct flight. When I, flew, <laughs> no, I'm saying I've flown to, uh, Europe a few times when I flew into Rome, we had a direct flight from Los Angeles. It was mm. hell on earth for the 11 hours we're, you know, in the, in the process of getting there. But there are some direct flights. And, some, and when I flew to Spain, um, flew first into um, Heathrow in okay. London. So it depends on how. how. And there was another okay. time where I flew from L.A. to New York and then into Europe. So it depends. If, if her flight is going through New York, then she may be SOL. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering now. i got to reach out and find out, is her connecting flight in New York or is she going to, like, say, London and then to Paris, you know? Because I don't think it's a direct flight. Yeah, it's, it's great if you can spend, let's say, New Year's Eve in Europe. I, that would be something I think would be fabulous to do. I think my wife and I would would love that. But the reality of traveling during the holidays is a turnoff to both of us. And this is not to cast aspersion on anyone who chooses to do that. I just think you are really rolling the dice, especially when I look at more than 12,000 flights have been delayed and canceled during these holidays alone. And this is not a new story. This is an extreme version of a story that we all know, because I can tell you every single year, you're going to have thousands of flights either delayed or canceled, either because of the weather or logistical issues. There are so many factors and variables which go into getting a flight off the ground and to um, a destination at the prescribed time. Right. There's a lot. It has to do with um, pilots, how many hours that they've flown. It has to do with crews, whether they make their own connections and everything. Don't just think that a plane missing a connection only impacts the passengers. It impacts the crews and whatever they're supposed to do. In other words, let's say uh, they don't get to their destination. Well, that means they will not be able to fly the next day because especially for pilots, they need to have a certain number of hours in which they're not on the clock before they can fly again. Hmm. You know, it's even worse because it's affecting the mental stability of people in airports who are waiting. I don't know if you've been on Twitter lately and have seen all of the people who are losing their minds at the baggage uh claim area or they're losing their mind even at the ticket booth where there's a video of one woman who was destroying the ticket booth fighting past saw that she had to be, i'm like people are losing their minds so we're already super tense and now you're saying that what some twelve thousand flights have been canceled oh man yeah even if the flights weren't canceled there is a higher degree of intensity with travelers during the holidays you were just more uptight. It's more difficult to travel during the holidays. And then you throw into the mix people not making flights, 
flights being canceled and the fact that people have been acting out since the end of the pandemic overall on flights, it's a recipe for disaster and I want no parts of it. And I want everyone to get to their intended destination safely uh, safely, and also have a wonderful holiday season. Do not get me wrong. But I would always encourage people to schedule their holidays around not needing to travel by air, if at all possible, because you're setting yourself up for such great disappointment. Just like I was telling about, about my pan, friend Pamela, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And I know the disappointment has to be tremendous, but there's a greater likelihood of being disappointed trying to just deal with this travel system, which is not even ready for the amount of people who want to travel at this time. Especially because COVID is on the decline. All of that. Everyone wants to get back out. Everyone wants to travel and see their family. I would suggest if you can, Get to driving and get to driving now. But if you get to driving, don't come to my house. No, you can't take any more at your house. Your <laughs> we house got plenty in our house. We're all filled up. Yeah, your house is done. <laughs> this is the John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly here. And since we were talking about traveling for the holidays, we're going to go around the room when we come back. Have you started planning or have you already planned your New Year's Eve destination party? If you're allowed to say. I know some folks, they can't say because they're juggling options. The men know what I'm talking about. Juggling options. Look at Mark Ronner. He's saying like, yeah. <laughs> Mark, you've been too quiet out there. Too quiet. Oh, that'll change. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll get to that when we come back. KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Now that Christmas is over, when do you start planning your New Year's Eve destination Party, rendezvous point, whatever. John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Me personally, I start thinking about New Year's knowing good and damn well I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> I would say maybe the second week in December. Maybe there is going to be an artist in town that I may want to see. Maybe there is going to be some sort of special event that I might want to be a part of. And then I realize, fool, you're working. You might be lucky enough to get off at 8 o'clock or maybe 8.30. At that point, you're pretty much done. I mean, you're not going to go anywhere. And if you do go anywhere, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg because New Year's Eve is so expensive. Or at least that's my thinking. So let me go around the room. Mark Ronner. You and I have worked together for a little bit, and we have some of the similar interests. Now, you happen to be wrong a lot about movies. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> but as far as New Year's Eve, is it a thing for you? And if so, when do you start thinking about what you plan to do or with whom? Well, New Year's Eve is kind of like amateur night for drinkers like St. Patrick's Day, so I really want to avoid being out in all that. This year, I have been given the gift of work on New Year's, and I'm actually kind of relieved because uh, adding to the usual amateur night shtick, uh, you're saved the headache of what disease vector you want to be in while we're still in a pandemic. Like, you, do you want to go to a crowded place? That's up to you. But I, uh, I, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be relieved of that decision right now. Okay, so you think you're going to stay in all together, or just something l more low key? After oh, I'm you here. Get off work? I'm here all New Year's Eve, New Year's, uh, and and I'm happy to be here. All right, Tawala Sharp. Yeah, yeah. Much like Mark, I am happy to be working 
on New Year's Eve. For me, it is, I have a belief, right? What you're doing on New Year's Eve is what you will be doing for the year to come. I, I fully believe that me working and doing something that I love is indicative of how I plan to continue doing what I love doing and working throughout the rest of the year. So I'm happy to be working because I'm also well past that age where I need to be out drinking, partying, having people throwing up near me, on me, around me, being on the road and possibly being hit by someone drunk. No, I'm good on New Year's Eve. Okay, I hear what you're saying, and I want to disagree vehemently for this reason. And I think Eric will understand this, or maybe he won't. I remember since you when you said what you're doing on New Year's Eve kind of sets the tone for what you want to do in the coming in year. In the coming year, yes. Okay. I remember when you were working as assistant program director or music director for 92.3 The Beat, and your station had a party bus, <laughs> which went from L.A. to San Diego, and I was on that party bus, and we go down there for like a party for like three or four hours and we say, Happy New Year. Then we get back on the party bus and come back to L.A. Let me tell you, there was so much stuff going on that party bus and in a bathroom at the hotel where we ended up. Hey, I'm now. Not, I'm not going to say yeah, who was hey. doing what in the bathroom, okay? I'm just saying. I, that's uh, not uh, here, uh, neither uh, here nor there. Look, I, that's it, part of what you plan on doing. And it didn't turn out that way. The, look, my New Year's Eve was great that night. The next year, not so much. Uh, but see, you have to believe it. You have to. Believe oh, I believed it, it in the it, moment. It's part, it's part of, of yes, holding, holding tight to it. But oh, again, I held tight. But see, think about it. If, if if you were doing God knows what on the party bus, which, as I full well know, what was going on on that particular bus, seriously, it was the reports that came back, it was going down. But Speaking see, as thing. a journalist, I think we're going to need some details here. You can't just. <laughs> Leave stuff out there like okay, that. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a detail. Are you familiar with the song, "The Humpty Hump"? I am. Okay. I, I have heard of this song. Okay, yes. Yes. Shock G. Uh, there's a line in the song. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. Let me see if I can read between the lines. There, I was quoting someone else. Okay, okay? but the line applies to the party bus and the party. Yes, it was. Insane in the greatest of ways. Was Shock G on this party bus? No, but we had there was some people. I on think that there, bus. there there was an entertainer that was connected. I can't remember who, but there was an entertainer connected to that trip. Yeah, and I even I even took sand to the beach for this. It was I had a date that night. This was many years ago. And see, I worked that night, and I chose not to get on the party bus. I could have, but I said, this is an opportunity for me to work. This is an opportunity for me to be in studio, on the board, running. And it was the best of times. And I continue to do that for the year to come. I oh, that's what you meant. I, I would have been the promo guy trying to get on the party <laughs> bus to be like, oh, I'll make sure everybody's good on the party bus. All right, Eric, what you, when did you start planning, if at all, for New Year's Eve? Um, Honestly, probably same as you, probably like, Second week of December, I started hitting up some friends being like, hey, what, what's the plan? What are we doing kind of thing? Um, and then we just settled on getting a sushi dinner and then going back to someone's apartment for drinks and games just because, like you were saying, Mo, everything is expensive on New Year's. Everything. And 
Me personally, I think New Year's is one of the most overrated holidays because of how expensive it is. It's overrated, and I think you can never meet expectations. Yes, because all of the places that are normally expensive become even more expensive, and then all the places that aren't worth it become expensive, and it's like, what am I paying all this money for to go to a place that's not worth it? Man, you sound like an mm. old man. You see, look at all that wisdom Listen, flowing out of you. New Year's to me, I'd much rather be at a house party. Oh, really? I agree with that. But they don't do house parties anymore. That's no, what they don't, and that's the problem. And when you say house party, that is a very specific reference yes. uh, of what type of party it is. It's not a party at someone's house. A house party usually has more people, it's more open in nature, and more stuff can happen. Could be a DJ. Could be. Could be. A lot of things could happen. Producer Dana, you knew I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, I don't have any plans as of yet. I'm usually last minute. Mm. Yeah. Oh, really? So you like minute. you like flipping through the Rolodex? Oh, that's an old term. You don't know what that is. Are you like <laughs> scrolling through your phone, seeing okay, uh, who might be the lucky person? Right. At least this year. Oh, damn. I wasn't expecting yes. you to answer that. Yes. <laughs> Keep it 100. <laughs> Listen, last year, I actually had a really good new year. I went to Mexico, but it just isn't the same anymore. This year is just different. I think uh just going to go with the flow. Okay, I have a question. Did you go to Mexico as in like Tijuana or did you go to Mexico as in like Puerto Vallarta or something like that? Guadalajara. Guadalajara. See, yes. there's a difference, okay? Mm. Some people say yeah. Mexico, they just like... That, that ain't just Mexico. The yeah, that right. ain't Mexico. Okay, <laughs> you're just an American just walking across the border to get drunk. That's not the same thing. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So you're gonna give us a full report at the beginning of the year, right? Well, you know, I'll do my best. Okay. I'm gonna. But, I'm. I'm gonna be good for sure. I'm gonna. Hey, don't make me any promises. Okay, <laughs> I ain't gonna be there. So it's up to you. But wait, what are you doing? Oh, other than working? I mean, like, there's got to be something. Something no. like. We're, I will, we're, we're not going to be here that late. I probably will go home and turn on the TV, do the old man thing, watch Ryan Seacrest rocking New Year's Eve, listen to some music, have a beverage, and get to bed probably before 1 a.m. Because why? I got work the next day. That is true. That is very true. This is the John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. 
Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.